0: Welcome to Talking Foosball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks that cover more ground than a Frank Kramer team, fantasy advice that hits as hard as a Paolo Ottavio last man challenge, and two pundits juking it out like Holland and Lewandowski in the fantasy standings. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thorogood. This is Talking Foosball Fantasy Season 4, match day 25. And joining me, as always, the fantasy foosball god himself, Flo Reineker. Flo, uh, I know you had a tough start. To your fantasy match day, but you still outpointed me by the end of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's a matter of what could have been. If Amina read, I mean, I, I basically banked on him getting around 30 points. I think that's that,
0: guaranteed, right? It felt that's guaranteed.
1: Definitely what what would have happened, and um, I, I didn't actually like. You sent me a text message and asking if I like had my transfers. Confirmed before the news hit, and I was thinking, what news? I definitely had my transfers already confirmed, and then I saw that I read wasn't going to play uh, in the end. So yeah, definitely, and and I think that, I mean, it's tough to say that, but I believe it changed the whole game because it was like a real blow for Schalke because he's a key man for them going forward, and it was an abysmal showing against Mainz. Once again, no spark of life. What I like, I was I was shocked. What Schalke did, um, sitting back and just defending for their lives as if the point is useful to them. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I I would have expected them with the with the knife between their teeth and going forward and definitely trying everything to win that game. But I think in the end, Gramozis actually did like changes in injury time to let the clock run out, if I remember correctly. And yeah, that was that was something. But the difference between having Harit in your starting lineup or Bujalab, I mean, that's quite big. And all the match plan and everything was worked out for Harid to play a key part and if you're in a position that Schalke is, I, th- I think that is really a blow if you're warming up and one of the only players who's actually in, in a decent form right now can't go, I at least give a bit of a pass for the performance because of that reason. But apart from that, I was like, that was one of the more disappointing things that, that happened in, in recent days, even, even for Schalke. because was that like with all the the history i I thought they would at least try to win that game
0: it's, it's, it's i think what we all hoped, right, but I'm sure Gramatis will see a nil nil draw as a foundation that he can build upon having only had a short time to work with the team uh, and it seems to be a growing trend for new head coaches Frank Kramer did exactly the same thing and then, yes I've got his name right this week don't you worry but it's one of those that it was a disappointing start but as I say I mean you, you still outpointed me by the end I think you still had a good good game week we both did but injuries right now are the hot topic I think it's fair to say in the Bundesliga fantasy game because lots of headaches are going to be had this weekend flow if all the pre-match talk right now is still on point as in terms of who's going to be unavailable and available this weekend. And so we might as well dive into to the listener questions because uh, they many of them revolved around this topic. And I'll start with one from Le Petit Prof who says, how do you prioritize changes that you should make versus the ones that you want to make? He says, I should get rid of Angelino, Ottavio, and Arit. I don't want to talk about it, he says. So he's in your in your boat there, Flo. But he says... Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm really sorry. It, I, it was like, a good pick. It, I think a lot of our listeners, but I mean that's just stuff that happens. Like That's what no one can foresee. And I think the official confirmation that I read is that that came like two minutes before kickoff. That's just brutal.
0: Absolutely. No, you, you'd have had to be one of those guys getting your transfers in last gasp to have seen the news and been able to react to it. Absolutely. And it is one of those, I think even people that don't listen to our podcast, a lot of fantasy owners out there would have looked at Adarit and gone, oh, great Friday night pick. At least he's in the starting lineup. I don't like the Sunday fixtures. And so I think it would have been a uh, something that hit a lot of people. And so he also, to end his question, he says he also wants this weekend to change silver to Haaland, despite the fact that he's got those three transfers in mind. So what are your thoughts when it comes to the priorities on this weekend, flow.
1: I have a clear stance on Angelino and Ottavio. They're not playing. They're going out of my squad. I'm always willing to take a chance. Like, in a read, they're playing at Wolfsburg. I mean, what, what's got Schalke to lose? I don't expect Chalke to perform there. But right now, Grand Mots is is hoping that Harid will be able to suit up, which means, like, he, he's not in a must-sell category for me. And I'm, I'm in the same camp. I have Angelino and Otavio as well. So they are the first ones to go. With Arit, Like I wouldn't fault you for going silver to Haaland and keep Harid in your squad. But I wouldn't do that move, probably, if we get confirmation that read is out. But I'm pretty sure we're not going to get that before Friday evening. But that's my stance. So I I take a look at my squad. I'll make the moves I have to because I don't want... If I have four players not playing, then it's a different animal. But as long as I've got like three or less players that can't play because of injury or suspension, they always are the first ones to go. Because even I, I have too many Frankfurt players for my taste for this weekend and might not be able to get rid of any of them, but in the end, Frankfurt is a pretty good team. They they're playing at Leipzig. Like it's not like it's possible that Kostic and Yunus and Durm and Silva they all perform. It's less likely than on other match days because of the opponent. But why not? It's like it's a much higher chance of that happening than uh, Otavio getting you points, for instance. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's a fair statement. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, if I can jump in, I'll jump in on the Frankfurt point because my headache and this will maybe help answer the question is that I actually have Ancelino, Ottavio and Maxence Lacroix. So I have three defenders that definitely aren't playing this weekend. That would make you think that I might make three chances in my back line. But the problem I have here is that I also have Eunice, Kostic, Olmo, and Nkunku in my midfield. So that's four players playing in a standalone fixture on Sunday in one midfield slot, which means I have virtually no flexibility already. And so I have a massive headache as to, do I just maybe bite the bullet and leave Lacroix in and say, you know what, he's not playing this week, but I'll accept that to be able to have more flexibility in my midfield on a star man. Or do I say, take the approach that Flo does and go, you know what, I'm going to get rid of three defenders. I'll bring in three new defenders and that's how I'm playing it.
1: Yeah, well, I, let me just comment on that. If you've got like, three defenders, like then I think there can be an argument made to just swap two and get like a, a, a really upgrade on another position. Um, I think that's more viable because you you already buy two players out of one position for a specific match day, which usually means. You've got two players you are convinced uh, will get you points, and I think with if you like got three players on on, on one position that are not playing, I think it's it's, uh, it's definitely more viable in my mind to uh, keep one in your squad, and then it's probably the uh, probably the cheapest one. Yeah, LaCroix, or right the guy who's coming back next week and you has a good matchup and you feel you you're basically making a transfer you're saving a transfer up because it would be a player you want to bring him uh, in next week anyway
0: no and, and that's it I'm looking at keeping lacroix getting rid of Ottavio, getting rid of Angelino, like everyone else for this weekend, leaving Lacroix in, biting the bullet this week, accepting that he'll come back next week, because Wolfsburg do still have good fixtures after the Schalke game, and doing it that way. And I think that's where I'm at right now. So I'm happy to prioritise the sensible choice, but then also maybe with three transfers out of my three, maybe mixing one up and taking a bit of a risk. So I hope that helps answer the question of Putty prop. I hope That helps a lot of people with some of these injury headaches this weekend. Uh, Gavin Doyle, we have answered your question about whether Antilino and Octavia will be out this weekend. Yes, uh, as by all accounts, unless something miraculous happens, uh, they are by all accounts out. He says, though, Flo, are there any other injuries that we should know about? And who would you recommend to replace them at the back that would offer flexibility?
1: So... Otavio is is out cuz he's suspended. So oh, yeah, there's sorry, no yeah. like,
0: they, <laughs> like if
1: if if there were a miracle healer coming to coming to Angelino, then it would be possible that he's going to play, but they already ruled him out until the inter- international break uh, Leipzig did. So I, I yeah, for all intents and purposes both are out and Otavio wouldn't even be allowed to play.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, (laughs) very
1: true. I can't think of a specific injury that's changing a lot right now. Uh, Guerrero probably is one. Um, So I think the interesting thing with Guerrero, if we get confirmation that he's out, that definitely brings Nico Schultz to our attention, or should, for the price tag he's at, at uh, a bit more than $6 He's definitely an interesting option. But I think he's the only high-caliber guy... Who's like questionable for the weekend? I can think of uh, on the top of my head.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest, there aren't many that spring to mind that are really interesting players in the fantasy sense. I mean, you've got the likes of Christoph Kramers out for for Gladbach and um, other other names like that, but they're they're not worth really listing off. No. uh, Because I don't think they'd be in contention for your sides anyway, that, uh, let's say, aren't long-term absentees already. So there's no new fresh news on on that front, at least for now. And we're recording this early on a Thursday, so there are still some press conferences to come. I will say that it can change, but the best place uh, to go for that when it comes to staying up to date with all the the news when it comes to injuries and stuff like that is the dnl fantasy account uh, on Twitter because they do a fantastic job of following the press conferences and just lighting up which players to watch out for and any news that has come in on them so it's a great source but to end part 1 let's uh change gears and get away from these injuries a little bit and talk about some of the attractive teams because we've got a question from Maschietsko who says BMG so Gladbach, Bayer Leverkusen or Hoffenheim which one is the most attractive side to you this weekend, Flo?
1: I, I like Leverkusen a lot because they're having this standalone fixture at home against Bielefeld, and Bielefeld has played in midweek because they played Bremen yesterday, James. You you attended the What was the final score?
0: Oh, it, was a, it was a nice 2 0 win, Flo. Nice 2 0 yeah. win.
1: And that's that's the end of relegation battle for this season for Bremen, which is. A nice change after 24 matches, I have to say that. Yeah,
0: but, one point off the total from last season.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and um, you mentioned in your uh, introduction, like Frank Trauma, how uh, he lets Bielefeld lose and they have to run a lot. Uh, and I think after having played two games in, in short succession, that could be a, a problem on Sunday. Um, so I think Leverkusen is... Definitely a, a side I would be willing to invest. Gladbach was a Friday evening fixture. Also interesting, but the way that Augsburg plays is like is is a bit like Bremen plays, which is not playing at all. And I'm not sure that Gladbach and the shape they are in right now are capable of dissecting a deep Lying defense of Augsburg that will be my concern there but still it's a Friday evening game and I always have like if if a Friday evening game player fails it's not that tough because you can swap him out and after that Gladbach uh, is playing Schalke if I'm not mistaken yes Uh, and then Freiburg and then Hertha so they have a nice run uh, of games so I think investing in, in Gladbach is also viable Hoffenheim, mm, not not so much, I think, although they have like the one guy I like from Hoffenheim is definitely Christoph Baumgartner. I was
0: going to say, you sang Uh, his praises last week and said not against Wolfsburg, but he still came good, flow.
1: Yeah, I know. He's he's just a really good player. And I think sitting at 13.5 million is not too much for him. And uh, they're playing Stuttgart. And then it's Mainz and Augsburg. So the next three games are actually decent. But they're playing at Stuttgart, and I'm not sure that, like, I, I maybe I'd rather invest in Stuttgart. So uh, out of these three you mentioned, uh, Leverkusen's first, Gladbach second, Hoffenheim third. Uh, that would be my, my point. But uh, Baumgartner stands out, definitely stands out uh, as an option. Uh, Kaderabek would be another guy who might be interested, because, uh, but. Uh, It's a standalone fixture, if I'm not mistaken.
0: It is, yep. One of the Sunday games.
1: And you probably have Sosa in your squad. And I don't like, I definitely don't like to have two defenders in the last game of the match day. And that's why I'm not even thinking about bringing in Katarabek.
0: No, I, I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Yeah, I think we'll talk about all of those teams as we go through the fixed list in part two. So I won't chime in just yet. Instead, uh, we'll end part one, a quick update on the TFF Pokal, which has reached the round of the good, the bad, and Rudy Fuller's mullet. Uh, there are some wonderful names in amongst it. Now, Flo are, and I are actually in the competition now. We've entered in the latest round. Flo set for a tense second leg against Red Munich after a goalless first leg while I'm on course to avenge the wonderful creator of the TFF Pokal. Haymarket second. Uh, He was knocked out by our good friend Abel Mejeros in the last round and I'm on course to knock Abel out this round. So uh, there is still a chance. Because
1: Shiplock didn't score.
0: You know, if only, right? If only. But we'll leave it there. Uh, Do go check out the standings and the the bracket that's been created on a Google document by Haymarket second. You can find him on Twitter by literally searching TFF Paul Karl spelled P-O-K-A-L on Twitter. His Twitter handle will come up and the Google Doc is a link in his bio so go check it out for now we'll leave it there for part one in part two we will be back with a look at the matchday 25 fixtures Welcome back to part two of talking foosball fantasy time to get RT stuck into the matchday 25 fixture list and starting with the Friday night game Augsburg Gladbach now Augsburg are winless in their last eight Bundesliga meetings with Gladbach four draws four losses meanwhile if you're looking for a player to maybe invest in on the Friday night Gladbach's top scorer this season Lars Dindl, he has had a direct hand in more goals against Augsburg than any other Bundesliga club he has faced eight goals and seven assists in 16 games not a shabby return at all so the question I think here we touched upon Gladbach at the back end of part one with that last question flow but with Schalke away next up on Saturday evening as well is it worth considering bringing in a Gladbach player this weekend
1: yeah definitely Uh, it it would be not worse in my mind to bring in an Augsburg player because they really play poorly right now and they're not creating a lot of shots um, so I wouldn't have any interest, um, in, in getting them into my squad. They're actually, like, since the turn of the year, they created the least amount of shots per game, less than eight shots. Um, like, second worst is actually, could you guess which team is second worst? Cause it's, it's definitely a surprise to me.
0: Well, I would have said Schalke, but. No,
1: oh, yes. it is. You, you you would have said that, but you would have been wrong. I would have been wrong.
0: It's not, well, Bielefeld yeah. I wouldn't have said either because they actually had 20-something shots against you guys last night. Yeah. But I don't know whether that counts.
1: Yeah, that, that did count. That so, did count. So uh, they, they, yeah, they're definitely not the second worst team.
0: All right. Okay. Th- third time lucky. Uh, who do I go for? Who do I go for? Uh, Wolfsburg?
1: No, uh, not even close. Okay. It's, uh, it's Freiburg. <laughs>
0: Okay, <laughs> you just sitting better,
1: there yes. was 8.3 shots per game, but Augsburg is the worst, and so I, I like I, I scratch them from all my considerations for that match. Even if the, uh, the Gladbach form has been poor of late, um, Gladbach players are the only ones I'm interested in. And
0: I was going to say, yeah. So who who are the hidden gems? Who, who who's I, top? Of I the don't list think then? we have any
1: hidden gems. Um, but going with Rami Benzabaini, Who's, a, who's been a disappointment this season in a fantasy sense. But still, $12.2 million is his price tag. So if you replace Angelini with him, you actually have some cash to spend. And we know that he can get on the score sheet. We know that he likes to go forward uh, attacking. So he's definitely one of the guys I'd like. He's the kind of player I like to have on a Friday evening. I, I, I don't want that steady guy... Uh, who gives me like 8 to 10 points every time. I, like it, On Friday evening, it can pay off if you have a guy who can score 25 points. And we know that Ben Zabaini can do that, although it's been a while since we've seen that. But still, he would be my preferred option in defense. Uh, in, in midfield, uh, you already mentioned Stindl, 15.6 million, maybe a bit, bit pricey. For my taste, uh, Hofmann at 13.5 is a bit cheaper, but we have to monitor his health. If I'm not feeling that he can give it 90 minutes, then I'm definitely not in that interest. In upfront, uh, Kika has Embolo starting, and he might a sneaky guy to um, to bring in on Friday evening because he's relatively cheap for 12.3 million, uh, and we we know that he can get a, a lot of shots at goal and like if one of these times he actually has been able to find the back of the net he could be a good choice as well so these are the the choices I'd, I'd have from the Gladbach side
0: well- let, let me just jump in there because, you know, I, I preached about it in part one. I might as well read from my own, you know, uh, script. Um, but I was checking the official, uh, DNL Twitter feed, at uh, DNL fantasy and Ben Zobaini, um, Marco Rosa said that he's questionable. So does Oscar Vent, if he's in the starting lineup, become that, that, a decent differential for you then? I'm, I'm
1: not sure that I would do it because we've got so many budget options in defense and Oscar Vent, he's, he's not as prolific. Uh, as Ben Zibaini. he's 5.1 million. So you definitely get a good price tag on him. I think I don't think he, he would be a, a bad pick, but he would be one of these picks. Like you get him in for one week because like yeah, yeah. Ben Zabaini is questionable, maybe. So that means he can or, or maybe he suits up or maybe he doesn't. But what that means in my head that he should be able to go next week And with Gladbach not having any additional games anymore, I think that... Just one more. They have one more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just one more. I I almost forgot about that. I know it feels like it's done and dusted, but (laughs) (laughs) just one more. They do have a second leg. In my mind, they were
1: out of the Champions League (laughs) already. But still, yeah, Um, I I don't think you could feel comfortable with Vent starting next week and with like with all the problems I have in my squad right now because of injuries and suspensions, I'm I, I don't think I I would bring in a player I wouldn't be happy to have next week. I think this is yeah. in like this week this is probably more important than on um, most other weeks. Yeah,
0: I could not could not agree more. I think that's a very prudent point to make. OK, let's move into the Saturday games Then a good selection of players there from flow. Uh, but Volsberg and Schalke as well will start on the Saturday afternoon kickoffs. Volsberg are unbeaten in their previous four competitive games against Schalke, winning the last three in a row. And this season, they're also still unbeaten on home saw with seven wins and four draws. We've talked about the fact that they don't have Lacroix and Ottavio. We've talked about what to do. So who is the player pick from this game? Game now so.
1: yeah it has to be probably Kevin Mbabu he's the logical uh, defender to bring in for 11.5 million but you definitely could make an argument to bring in John Anthony Brooks as well 8.7 million is his price tag because Schalke is so bad at defending set pieces they didn't concede a set piece goal against Mainz but I'm not sure that like this is settled now with a new coach and I I can see Brooks getting at the end uh, of a header, which also would make an argument that Maximilian Arnold, although pretty expensive for 15, 8 million could be a decent um, pick because he's pretty likely to assist a lot of shots via corners and free kicks. Uh, I definitely think that like you can sink along these lines and it has a pretty good, probability of, of hitting at least with Arnold. And like, if you want to get fancy, I think Josef Brekalow for tw- uh, 10.5 million uh, is a pretty pretty good pick because Renato Steffen is out for a lengthier amount of time. And Oliver Glasner, he played the same starting lineup in eight of the last nine games. And the one time he changed it was because Brooks was suspended. So, now he has to replace Lacra, Otavio, uh, and Stefan. But if breckalo can, and I think he's a clear-cut favorite to get the place of Stefan in the starting lineup, and if he shown a decent game against Schalke, I think there's a good chance that like he has a run of three, four uh, games in the starting lineup, and they have like you already mentioned good fixtures coming up. So breckalo is a sneaky guy. Um, I would have love him to be a bit cheaper than 10.5 million and there's a bit of risk attached because we're not 100% that he actually is a replacement for Stefan but I probably would feel comfortable enough he's definitely a high risk high reward play you you could think about
0: yeah no absolutely yeah and and of course for
1: for you guys who like Wout Wechost he's always (laughs) viable
0: you know what? I wasn't actually going to mention it because I genuinely think, you know, even though the fixtures are good, I think the striker market's quite saturated right now. And I think it's difficult for vehicles to kind of barrel through that. Although I do think he's got qualities that he does bring to the table. But those fixtures that we keep talking about, the next three for Volsberg. I mean,
1: yeah, 25 shots of mines, glo- uh, I think against, <laughs> against Schalke. So,
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, that, that definitely heightens the ceiling of everyone involved who's playing Schalke.
0: Well, okay that's that's very true that's very true um the stock does rise but yeah the next three games Schalke Bremen and then Köln so yeah it's not a bad run for Wolfsburg it's why I talked myself into doubling up on the Wolfsburg defense with Ottavio and Lacroix last weekend because I made the I genuinely think I made the rookie mistake I did not look at the the yellow card situation with both clubs and who was one booking away and I think had I done that I might not have taken that risk but hey you know what we live and we learn right let's move on to the next game uh which is, Union against Köln. This is a or oh, it's another one actually that's a bit of a sore point for me of where I have to live and learn because I told last week about uh, gambling on Vegas man Max Cruiser, and I did and it did not pay off at all and now I'm probably going to be stuck with him again this weekend so I'm really hoping it pays off against Cologne. Yeah, but
1: um, I mean this weekend I, I like him much better than last weekend where he's playing at Bielefeld with them having a new coach and everything like that and he's like now he's two matches re- um, removed from his comeback so i i, I don't think like i, I have silver um, and i probably don't get can't get rid of him playing at leipzig and had to had i think i'd I'd prefer cruiser over silver uh, this weekend so i i don't think you made a bad choice necess- uh for this week at least
0: this is it. I, 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 said it was a week to gamble. I stand by that. But the problem is in hindsight now, of course, with Otavio, Antilino and Lacroix out, of course, it was a terrible week to gamble. I should have made safer bets. I should have probably kept Haaland, kept him for the Classica, taken his two goal haul and then had him for Herta this weekend instead of gambling on Max Cruiser. But yeah, this is, this is the sort that I will, I will die on flow. I like taking risks and I like playing this game, um, a little bit hard and loose t- times. Um, but anyway, the good news for Union though is that they are coming up against Cologne this weekend. And uh, in terms of the statistics in 2021, only Schalke have conceded more goals than Cologne in 2021 in the new year. So Flo, in terms of a player pick from this game, we've talked about Max It Would he be a candidate or is someone else topping the list? Well, yeah,
1: of course, Max Kruiser has to be a candidate. I'm, I'm personally not going there because like you're really relying, like he's winning like two challenges a year. You're not getting, like, you if you have a player who wins, like, 10 challenges amounts to two shots, two passes to a shot, same amount of points. So, at least, like, have your players win some challenges. And I'm not sure that cruises is back to 100% and the uh, attack and play from Union isn't, like, really um, gelling right now. Yeah, but but we know he can have great games, so I'm not debating that. I'm just not like he wouldn't be in my closer consideration. Um, A guy that is, is Julian Ryerson. He's actually a right back, but has to play left back right now because Gieselmann and Lenz are both out. And his price tag is only 1.8 million. I'm not sure if we mentioned him last week. I definitely circled his name uh, before that I'm not sure that we actually talked about him but he, he got 13 points at Bielefeld he wins challenges he can definitely be involved in shots at gold so I think he's a, a decent pick there's another cheap defender I like better and uh, we'll talk about that later but I think Ryerson would be my pick and of course Christopher Trimmel 10.9 million you're banking on set pieces and and it's definitely can pay off for my taste is probably a bit too expensive Uh, i have to look how things shape up because um now with with angelino gone as well i think the the route to go is definitely pay down and defense and pay up elsewhere
0: Oh yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. Okay, let's move on then because I think it almost feels like all of your player picks need to be defenders this week, Flo, just to give people a variety of choices that they can pick from. So let's move on to Mainz against Freiburg and there are some options here as well. Freiburg's only away league defeats this season have come against top three teams by Munich, Leipzig and Wolfsburg, as well as sixth place Borussia Dortmund. Uh, they've won four and drawn their other three fixtures on the road this season. So they're a strong away side. Who do you fancy from this game, Flo?
1: And there we're coming to the defender like more than Ryerson, and that's Philipp Mwene. Uh, he's also playing left back for Mainz. And we saw for the first time that he had some attacking returns uh, in the, the game at Schalke. He was involved. I'm just checking that. Uh, he was involved in four shots, uh, gave up two himself, passed two shot for two another. So that's that's definitely nice. And they're playing against Freiburg and they sneakily are pretty bad uh defending. They conceding the second most shots in twenty twenty one, only behind Schalke. So I think it would be it would be good to invest in Mainz. I'm just not seeing like I'm not feeling comfortable with anyone else for Mainz than uh Mvena and I it's not like I feel great about Mvina, but he's so cheap that I think like he can pay off and have a good game. And um, I I like Mainz to create at least something here that makes it worthwhile investing. But the other positions look pretty barren for Mainz. So there's no other player I would think about investing in. Yeah, that's the problem. Unfortunately, yeah. I, would, I would like to because I think this game sets up nicely, but I'm not sure where it's going to go um, points-wise.
0: No, I I agree with you. It's a hard one to call and there aren't many attractive assets and we talked ages ago about Vincenzo Griefer will come back at some point. I wonder whether this might be a game where he kind of flashes a signal of, okay, here's what I'm capable of getting back into form. But it's a it's a very tough one to call. So I like the budget option that you've given. Two in two now with uh, Ryerson and Uh Let's move on to Bremen against Bayern because we do only have four 330 kickoffs this weekend. Three fixtures on the Sunday as a result, which gives us more flexibility. But on the Saturday Today, Bremen against Bayern is one that people will have invested in, I'm sure, already Flow Now, Bremen have only earned one point from their last 20 league meetings with Bayern, doing so earlier this season in the one or draw in the reverse fixture on match day 8. Meanwhile, Lewandowski has scored at least once in 13 of his last 14 Bundesliga appearances. He's helped himself to 19 goals in 20 games against Bremen and the fact is, Gerd Müller's record is looking more and more breakable with every passing week especially when he's scoring hat-tricks in Declan massacre against Dortmund uh, pretty easily and handily, I think it has to be said, Mr. Lewandowski. So Flo, in terms of this game, where are you looking?
1: Well, Lewandowski is a given. We don't have to talk about him. But I think a sneakier <laughs> yeah. guy who's really in good shape right now and uh, I think can, like is now at a point where he's essential to Hansi Flick's game and that's Leon Goretzka. He's, he's picking up form. Uh, in, in recent games, he has more shot involvement than Joshua Kimmich, because Kimmich is playing the more, uh, like, we were talking about that, that now uh, with the, the personal situation that Kimmich isn't playing as his uh, be, uh, false 10, <laughs> um, he's more playing as a number 6, and, and, and in my mind then, and now Goretzka might, might actually be the better choice, and I don't think he's that popular uh, as a pick. So uh, I like Leon Goretzka as a differential way to get into uh, the Bayern midfield and actually save money because he's more than 3 million cheaper than Kimmich or Sané. Um, Goretzka is sitting at 15.9 million and Kimmich is 19.1 and Sané is 19.2. So actually you you get a nice discount if you, you go to Goretzka.
0: No, I I really like that pick because you're right, he has come on strong since his return from injury and I admittedly did the debate. I wanted to get into the Bayern midfield because I knew I was taking Sancho out last week and I thought, you know what, I still want the flexibility because I don't like the Sunday fixtures. I like Bayern's Game against Bremen, I actually went down the Kimmich route and did kind of regret not going down the Goretzka route afterwards. But I still, I, I stand by the fact that for me, Kimmich is the safer, uh, has the more consistent base. But Goretzka, I think, now is showing that he has the propensity for the big boom games compared yes. to Kimmich. Whereas Kimmich, I think, had it earlier this season.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, of course, Kimmich can assist three or four goals, and yeah. in a game, we've seen that. But. Like he he's playing in a more deep lying role than before this season. And I just think paying close to 20 million for a player uh, like that. And I'm not 100% that Bremen is able to slow down Bayern, but they'll definitely try. And so far, their track record is pretty good uh, since the turn of the year, except the game against Hoffenheim. Apart from that, their defending was at least sound. Yes. So that they, they not conceding a lot of shots. Um, they're mid table uh, and, and shots con- concessions. Um so yeah, that is is it may look like a better matchup than it actually is, although I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure because Bremen for the first time now, I've, because they won this tie at Bielefeld and that was always like a Democles sword. Um, above them because if they would have lose uh, lost that game would only be six points to the relegation playoff spot again so they there was always some pressure on them now they're playing for the first time without any pressure I, I, I'd say with 11 points clear of the relegation playoff spot and a lot of teams in between uh, I think it's safe to say that, that Bremen won't be pulled back into the relegation battle and that's my assessment, and and we have to wait and see what what that does to the squad. So um, maybe it's a, it's a letdown spot for Bremen, and they they the Bayern will steamroll them. It's, it's definitely possible, but uh, I prefer like head to head is close between Goretzka and Kimmich, but uh, with the consideration that Kimmich is much more popular and Goretzka is the cheaper guy, uh, Kimmich gets um Goretzka gets the nod from me.
0: Yeah, that, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like Corfelt, I think over his time as Bremen manager has tried to fashion a style of play against Bayern that can be successful against him. It's taken some time, but his results have always been relatively competitive compared to some of the head coaches yeah. before him. And then it resulted in this one or draw. And it was interesting. I, I said this live on comms last night. Uh, the Bielefeld game struck me as a warm up, as a, as a, as a, a rehearsal. Really for the buying game. You, you let Bielefeld have about 60% possession, if not more in the first half. And okay, it changed a little in the second half when you guys showed more ambition to get the goals and play more on the counter. But I just, it, I felt that that was maybe, yeah, a, a little bit of a rehearsal for the buying game on the weekend. And so, yeah, they, they rested key players as well, Brayman. So you never know, but I think, yeah. There's, there's a clear favorite. We know that. Let's move on to the first, uh, excuse me, the, the first of the late standalone fixtures. And it's the late game on Saturday, Dortmund against Herta. Now, Dortmund, uh, they were in action in midweek in the Champions League, a bit of a taxing two-all draw against Sevilla, but they are unbeaten in seven home matches in all competitions under Tezic, winning four of them. Meanwhile, Erling Haaland is doing Erling Haaland things, uh, and has scored 32 times in 34 Bundesliga appearances. Only Uwe Zeller reached 32 goals. Faster, so I've, I've kind of got a question here: Is is Erling Haaland? Are we back into must-have status with him, given the form? Because we went through this period with him where it was like uh, he's too hit and miss, and it's a bit of a risky game to play with him in your squad. Whereas now the goals are flowing freely again, and more importantly, also in the absence of Jadon Sancho. Yeah, I can't.
1: Like, I, I I think he's close to a must-have. Although, like, if you have problems in your squad and you don't have them I'm not sure it would be like, I wouldn't let Lacroix in my squad, for instance, to get Haaland for a guy like like Silva. I probably wouldn't do that. Although we know that Haaland is capable of scoring braces, hat-tricks and even like four goals in in, in a game. But um, Berlin under Dardai is definitely not an easy task for Dortmund than having a really intense match against Sevilla in midweek. So... I always have a problem with saying someone is a must-have. Like, apart from Lewandowski, I think it's always how your team shapes out. I know you do. And, uh,
0: I always I see your facial expression every time I ask you whether someone is, and it's almost like a grimace.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's always depending on how your squad looks, and that's the same with Haaland. But I'm like he's in my squad, and I'm definitely feeling good about it. Um, there's there're definitely two differential picks in the Dortmund side for this. Match day, and that's Nico Schultz. I already mentioned him. Six point two million is his price tag. If Guerrero is ruled out before Friday evening, I think you can feel safe that Schultz will play, and then it's a great price tag for him. Uh, his defending can be pretty shitty, but at least he knows how to how to go forward. So, uh, <laughs> and that's what we care about in a fantasy sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other guy I actually like really much is Targa Navar for 12.4 million. He's a midfielder in the game. He used to be a striker. I, I looked him up today and I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> that he's actually a midfielder in the game.
0: I did the exact same thing.
1: And I think he's a pretty sneaky option to get into your squad. He's now back for a few weeks. I think he's able to go like uh, 90 minutes if if it has to be, come to that point. So... Uh, I like him as a mid price option uh, to get into the Dortmund midfield. Uh, I think Hazard is my favorite option there. Although, like, Jude Bellingham is looking great, but he's also pretty expensive. He's more than 11 million. So you're just saving 1 million. And, and, and if I can spend 1 million more and get a Hazard who's also having set piece duties, it's not like it's no question for me that he's a better pick.
0: No, I, I, yeah, I agree with you on all, all fronts. And I mean, the problem with Bellingham is I love him as a player, but as a fantasy player, he really doesn't offer as much value as you really want.
1: Yes, same with Dahoud. Yeah, uh, I, I really like the way Dahoud is playing, but uh, it's not that interesting in fantasy land.
0: I'll I, I tell you, if I'm Marco Rosa, I'm looking at those two as the future of that midfield. With a holding midfielder, whether it be Vitzel or Delaney, whoever it is, I think uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's got a very bright future. But let's move on to the next game. Oh, sorry, I did want to mention Mateo Maré as well because he's an interesting one, a bit of a gamble, very cheap. The thing is, he actually looks like he's kind of won the right back battle with Thomas Mounier right now. I wouldn't say bring him in this weekend by any stretch of the imagination, but he is one to keep an eye on as to whether he stays in the starting role or whether Mounier does come back. Because the fact that Mounier was benched against Sevilla surprised me greatly. I would have thought that the more experienced player in those situations would have been preferred and that Terzic went with Morey struck me as, as very interesting.
1: Meunier looked look bad at Munich. Uh, I think that might be a reason, but I'm not feeling comfortable enough. That's why I didn't mention Morey. I'm not feeling comfortable enough like who's going to play. is either Meunier or Morey. I think it's it's close to a toss-up. And with all the options we have, and Moray not even uh, so far being a fantasy force if he's playing, uh, I, like I'd rather invest in a guy like Imvener, for instance. How silly that might seem, but I know he's going to play. He's playing at home against Freiburg, which is not a worse matchup than playing at home against uh, Berlin. And he he at least showed last week out that he can be involved in in shots. For mines. And, and that's the reason why I'm not thinking about a guy like Moray.
0: No, no, and that's exactly why I said, exactly why I said keep an eye on him further down the line, not this weekend. Let's move on to Leverkusen against Bielefeld. Uh, Bailey, now he is back from suspension. He netted the second of his six Bundesliga goals so far this season in the reverse fixture, opening the scoring in a 2-1 win on match day eight. Uh, now Bottom Club Schauker are the only side to have earned fewer points away from home this season than Bielefeld. So it does look like this could be a good time for both Leon Bailey to break his goal scoring duck and for Leverkusen to kind of arrest this bad patch of form. Um, they did pick up a win against Gladbach, a valuable 1-0 win last weekend, and they're looking to build on it now. So the question is, are we now no longer steering clear of Leverkusen? And is this a valuable standalone fixture this weekend, Flo?
1: Yeah, in my mind it is. So I, I think like it was a tough loss for Bielefeld yesterday uh, against Bremen, and I, I think that might leave a mark on them because, like, if we're talking true, they could have won that game. So, they uh, if you just look at the chances both teams had that, then Bielefeld had the better chances, were playing better football for long stretches of that game. But in the end, they lost. And that's harsh because it's like it's a story that repeats itself for Bielefeld a lot this season. Yeah, maybe that shows a bit uh, in the way they're they playing and that the last bit of conviction that they actually can get something out of the match at Leverkusen might be missing. It's just like reading tea leaves here a bit, but I like Leverkusen and I, like if we are talking players, I think Fring Pong in defense is a differential one. 8.9 millions could, could pay off, uh, especially since Bielefeld is like, they have trouble hitting the back of the net. So if you at least get a clean sheet from Fring Pong, you're, you're, you're you're pretty safe. Having a at least decent game, and if something happens going forward, and um, like he can do it, then then you're looking at a pretty pretty good game. So Frimpong is if the guy in midfield. I would prefer Nadim Amiri, thirteen point five million, bit on the expensive side for what he brings to the table and the the form the recent form he had. But he definitely can explode one of these match days. And if you're looking to invest, uh, I think he would be the one. And up front. There's some doubt in what kicker role that Bailey will slot in right into the starting lineup again, and that maybe Demarai Gray will keep his starting job, and that like that that's giving me uh, enough pause that I probably will avoid uh, investing in the Leverkusen attack line.
0: So, e- even Diaby, so, so DRB or, or doesn't... you go
1: with Diaby, but Diaby is like historically. Uh, he likes more to make uh, do the pass passing than the shooting, Um that's like the other way around with Leon Bailey. And we definitely prefer the shooting and, and fantasy.
0: <laughs> definitely, absolutely. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think it's interesting the way Bielefeld, so they, what, they broke a season record in the Bundesliga by covering over 133 kilometers in their game against Union. They still covered 118 kilometers last night against Bremen. And this is the question I think we were yeah, all Yeah They
1: had like 10 men only for uh, also a big stretch of the second half. So if the Medina would have been in there, you you could definitely add like at least three to four. Uh,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is it. This is at some point you know it's gonna take a toll on this side because they're not quite I think well, they haven't been playing that way all season necessarily. And the interesting thing is under Kramer they're really adopting this high press. And no offence to, to Bremen here, but I do think Leverkusen will be a little more effective in terms of breaking that press with their passing. And as a result, I do think Leverkusen are going to have it a little bit easier in terms of creating chances if and when Bielefeld do push high up the pitch and that may not happen too often because Leverkusen will have the lion's share of possession but those are the moments that Leverkusen will certainly look to exploit and that's where the speed of their front line and maybe someone like Fring Pong coming from right back might be very important. Okay, let's move on to Leipzig against Frankfurt uh, and focus on the two head coaches because Julian Nagelsmann has only won one of his six competitive games against Frankfurt coach Adi Hütter that came back in August of 2019. He's lost four of them. Very interesting. Uh, And Leipzig are the only team to have won each of their last six Bundesliga games. Incidentally, though, Nagelsmann has never won seven on the spin as a head coach. And of course, they did get knocked out of the Champions League last night uh, to Liverpool. So the question, Flo, outside of the Andalinio topic, which we've covered extensively, is how do you think this Champions League exit will affect Leipzig's fantasy assets moving forward?
1: Only positive, I would guess, because like... Nagelsmann now has to find his best 11 to make a charge for the title and I, I, I don't think like the likes of Wang, Kluivert and all these guys will, will be a lot in the starting lineup from now to the end of the season because they really have a chance to get the title and uh, that's what I expect him. So you could you, you can feel safe with your Leipzig assets and I actually would include Alexander Zerlot uh, now this week uh, talked about him last week that I'm not feeling safe enough to talk him up. But I think he's shown enough now that he's striker number one there. And I don't expect that to change anytime soon. Um so he, he's definitely also an interesting option. Uh fifteen point seven million his price tag, but not sure that the game against Frankfurt is the game where I would bring him in. But he's he's one of uh I have on my radar for sure. And Kunku, of course, I think he has to get the clear knot uh, between him and Almo, because Almo is playing a more in a more deeper role in recent games. Um, that might change again, uh, depending on how the 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 situation is and who's missing and who's not. But uh, Kunku is also cheaper, so uh, definitely option number one.
0: Yeah, that's it. There's a. I don't think you go wrong with either Olmo or Unkunku, and the fact is, I've got both of them in my lineup, and I'm probably gonna stick with both of them, and I might stick with them for a while longer because, yeah, they could they could be two good fantasy assets further down the line. But Unkunku wins a lot of the, the you know takes a lot more boxes than Olmo because of his cheaper price tag and his propensity to be involved in more shots on goal, whether creating or taking them himself. The question, I think, flow then with this one, quickly, how many players is too many players in this fixture? Some people might be forced into a corner like I am going to be. I'll probably definitely have four, maybe five. But how many is too many if you do have a bit more flexibility with your side?
1: So I would prefer not to have more than four players in that match. And I definitely want to have at least one player in the last match. So if anyone has a real stinker of the game, I'm able to swap him out. So uh, probably most of you guys have Bonasosa, so that's a natural fit for that guy. But keep that in mind that uh, having uh, a player in the last game of the match day is, for me, is really important uh, on this match day because I have so many assets uh, of Leipzig and Frankfurt.
0: Okay, let's talk about that final game then. Perfect segue, Stuttgart-Hoffenheim now. Sasa uh, he is going to be my big regret of this entire season, I think, not bringing him in when I brought in Leon Bailey. But he scored in each of his last six Bundesliga outings, registering seven goals in that period. He is the club's leading scorer now this season. On the other side, he's got André Kramerich for company. Uh, he's currently fifth in the Bundesliga goal-scoring chart with 14 goals to his name. He ended a three-game goal drought in the 2-1 victory over Wolfsburg. And we do know when it comes to André Cramrich. He's someone that when he gets hot, you want to jump on that bandwagon. But the question flow is who would you trust to close out the match day?
1: Yeah, Borna Sosa, I, w- I would trust. I-, I wouldn't say with my life, but at <laughs> but, least yeah. with uh, closing out the match day for me. And
0: I'd I, 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 tell you, if my life was okay. on the line and someone needed to whip 10 crosses in and get nine on the dot, I'd pick Borna Sosa right now. I really would.
1: <laughs> the other guy I would feel at least comfortable enough would be Christoph Baumgartner, 13.5 million already talked about him I think he can have a great last 10 games of the season and if we're looking at the fixtures of Hoffenheim, they have a home game against Mainz waiting and then they're playing at Augsburg so if you're thinking about that and you want more than one player like I think two is optimal if you've got two players out of this match I actually would prefer that over one because it gives you more flexibility and if for instance I got Four Frankfurt players right now, and I'm not sure that I'm that I'm be able to get at rid uh, get rid of one, even one of these Frankfurt players. And if Frankfurt has a really bad game, I'm sitting there with four Frankfurt players having all bad uh, results, and I'm only uh, be able to swap out one. It's definitely an advantage if you have you can swap out two of these players. So Baumgartner is in consideration. For me, and I think he's like a forward-thinking transfer because he probably looks good the next two weeks at least.
0: Yeah, especially considering that Hoffenheim are out of the Europa League. The fact is we're seeing these German sides get knocked out of Europe and it's a shame to see in some regards, but as fantasy managers, it makes our lives a little bit easier. Uh There's less rotation to contend with. Okay, yeah, I think we've covered all the bases, so let's close out the show with our player picks. Plenty to choose from this week, Flo. It's a, a, a nice problem to have because there have been a couple of weeks recently where it's been a real struggle to get the player picks out. So who are you going for, Vegas choice first?
1: It's depending on who you pick, James, because you slotted down two names. I Um,
0: did. Okay, well, I'm going to go for Frimpong because I think defenders are uh, important to highlight. I think you did well to highlight him in the in the labor discussion, 8.9 million. I like his odds of being involved in shots because Bielefeld, if they do drop deep ultimately it's going to come up to the, the wing backs and you know to, to provide the crosses into the box and I think Frimpong we've seen him play in more advanced roles for Leverkusen as well where he loves to get forward loves to take on a man and I, I like that combination against Bielefeld.
1: Okay, then I'm taking Toghan Hazar for 12.4 million <laughs> uh Dortmund midfielder. I just like that he's a midfielder and the game it's, it's it's basically the only option we have to have a good fantasy midfielder of Dortmund right now with uh, Central and uh, Reina injured so yeah but like there's a, always some risk with him attached uh, of being swapped out early of not being in the starting lineup although I think that's pretty slim with the way uh, the personal situation shapes out at, at uh, Dortmund but uh, some glimmer of, uh, of, of risk is there that's why he's my biggest yeah. pick the other guy I had here down was Brayden Bolo 12.3 million but I'm, <laughs> I'm not like I'm not convinced that I would pull the trigger on him and then I have some problem like talking him up if like I don't feel yeah like I I'm, I'm not backing that 100% I'm not I, like it's it's logically not a bad choice because of the Friday evening fixtures because of the way that Augsburg is playing right now but, like, my my confidence in him is, is not high enough probably to make him even my biggest choice. But, like, I mention him here so that if he goes <laughs> up, I definitely could take credit for that (laughs) and if not i'm going to say yeah yeah i I, I (laughs) told you so i wasn't confident (laughs) among them so i having them a classical having it both ways here with Uh, britain
0: that is why you are the fantasy football got my friend that's definitely it um okay super schnepchen Uh, do you need me to go first here as well or are you locked in on your pick
1: no no i'm going with philip and wiener uh uh, 1.9 million great great choice um we haven't actually talked about Ismail Jakobs. Uh, I, I think uh, at least we have to bring him up. We talked about the Union defender and Ryerson, but like, yeah, Jakobs is probably the only winger left in the fantasy game who slotted down as a defender. I can't think of another guy right now uh, now that Angelino uh, is hurt. So Jakobs playing as a winger defender in the game Cologne is not like not clicking, but Jakob still is, uh, a, a, at least a decent choice. So I wanted to bring up his name at least once.
0: How dare you forget World Cup winner Eric Doom? <laughs> I think he's, he's probably the closest runner up, but I do agree with you that, yeah, that, that probably is a, a, a good shout there. Yeah. Okay. My super It was interesting. We, we have underlined the importance of finding players this week that aren't necessarily one and done's that maybe you can rely on next week. Unfortunately, super snapshot. The player I'm going to throw out there is a one and done because it's Marin Pogracic, uh, 6.1 million. Uh, we know he likes to uh, get involved in providing a threat from set pieces. Uh, he will come in for Lacroix most likely. Volzberg uh, still has a threat good...
1: for being sent off as well. Yeah, but, uh, I think he's, that's he, true, actually. he's been sent off twice in like. 20 games. He He has two red cards. So. This,
0: you're not, you know, I'm, no, I'm sticking by it. I'm sticking by it. I'll, get, I'll go for Gratchich. I had Schultz and Ryerson down as well. There's my caveat, just like Flo had a, a banker in the Vegas Choice one. But let's talk about the banker then. Who are you putting your money on this week, Flo?
1: I'm getting, uh, going with Leon Gratska. Uh, maybe it's like these, in, in the back of my head, it's, I'm trying to jinx it. Again, the reverse jinx. Uh, but... I, I think Goretzka is a is a pretty good choice if you want to make up ground in your mini leagues. Uh, I think he could be a sneaky sneaky guy to get into the Bayern midfield, and he's actually pre, uh, playing really good right now which also helped.
0: No, very true. Uh, I have to admit, I'm going down the Bayern route as well and maybe not as much of a differential as Goretzka could be because I think a lot of people, if they haven't brought Niklas Zula in, may be looking at him this weekend. But 12.3 million, a chance to get into Bayern's back line. But more importantly, he's a player that is getting forward from that right back role. And then on top of that, the threat that he poses from corners that we highlighted last week as well. So yeah, if you want a big differential, I'd go Deme by 13.3. We actually haven't mentioned him but uh, because we mentioned him Miri. But Deme is someone that has shown that he can create chances. He's got set pieces in his locker at all times, so uh, that could be the differential banker if you do want a second option. But we will bring it to an end for this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook, and if you haven't yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. For now, from me, your host, James Surrogate, Flo, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Alfie Wiedersehen.
1: Alfie